Hi, this is Pam Johnson. Today I will be beginning my three-part series on CT of the adrenal gland. And adrenal imaging is important. The adrenal glands are visualized on most chest CTs and all abdominal CTs. We know what the normal adrenal glands look like. They typically have a Y-shaped configuration. But there is some variability, particularly on the left side, um, with, in terms of normal anatomic appearance of the adrenal glands. The limbs of the normal adrenal gland should be less than 5 millimeters. There are a range of indications for adrenal CT, and what I'm going to emphasize in this talk is that there is not just one protocol when you're imaging the adrenals. Protocols vary depending on the specific clinical indication. So the uh, three categories that I've defined is characterizing an incidental adrenal mass, adrenal cancer staging, or the patient with a suspected adrenal mass based on clinical signs and symptoms. The syndromes that make us suspicious for an underlying adrenal mass are Cushing syndrome, Kahn syndrome, and the patient with refractory hypertension who we are concerned would have a pheochromocytoma. Just a quick review of Cushing's and Kahn syndrome. Cushing's syndrome is caused by hypercortisolism. Patients present with increased body fat, fragile bones and skin, and they often have hypertension. The causes are adrenal adenoma and hyperplasia most commonly, but Cushing syndrome can also be called, caused by a pituitary tumor or, in rare cases, ectopic ACTH secretion by a lung tumor or carcinoid. Kahn syndrome is caused by hyperaldosteronism. Patients, again, often having hypertension, but the patient with Kahn syndrome has metabolic abnormalities, hypokalemia, hypernatremia, and they can present with neuromuscular symptoms. The causes of Kahn syndrome include aldosterone-producing adenoma and bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. So... Basically, I'd like to reiterate that we must tailor the protocol to the indication, whether it's nodule characterization, suspected adrenal pathology, pheochromocytoma, or adrenal cancer staging. We have specific protocols designed for each of these um, presentations. In terms of nodule characterization, protocol is to begin with a pre-contrast scan. We use the narrow detectors and reconstruct with 3 by 3 millimeters for axial review and 0.75 by 0.5 millimeters for a high resolution volume that we can evaluate with NPRs, 2D, 3D rendering. If the adrenal nodule measures less than 10 Hounsfield units and less than 4 centimeters, you're finished. This is an adenoma. There's no additional imaging required. However, if the pre-contrast density is higher, um, some people will say higher than 15, let's say 25 Hounsfield units, then you cannot characterize the lesion as a lipid-rich adenoma, and we need to do a further evaluation, which we perform with IV contrast-enhanced venous and delayed acquisitions, and we conduct washout evaluation. So protocol that we use is to infuse 120 cc's of contrast, we perform a 60 second venous phase and a 15 minute delayed phase and the washout calculations that we perform are APW and RPW and I'll review them in a moment but I just want to point out that the literature that defined washout 
uh, formulas and thresholds used Venus and delayed acquisitions. The delayed acquisitions were variable 10, 15 minutes. But the Venus phase is the first post-contrast phase from which these values were derived. Therefore, if you have a study that is includes an arterial phase, you really can't perform the washout values and use those thresholds. They may not be, you may not be getting accurate numbers. In terms of the washout timing, we use 15 minutes for the delayed acquisition. There were a number of papers, but the, this paper in 1998 um, by Korobkin is one that I think many refer to. As you can see, the sensitivity and specificity, 96%, um, very high, and, and accordingly, 15 minutes seems to be widely used for the delayed timing. Recently, there was a paper that revisited use of a 10-minute delay, um, and the results showed much lower sensitivity for both the RPW and the APW with the 10-minute delay. So we feel comfortable with our 15-minute delay being the optimal timing for the delayed acquisition. And the principle behind the washout evaluation is that adenomas, whether they're lipid-rich or lipid-poor, take up contrast quickly and wash out quickly. So here's a nice illustration by Frank Carl of a lipid-rich adenoma. You see the pre-contrast density is less than 10. The, the uh, adenoma peaks on the venous phase at 50 Hounsfield units, and the delayed density of 12.5 Hounsfield units is consistent with rapid washout. A lipid-poor adenoma, the pre-contrast density will be higher, let's say in the range of 24 Hounsfield units. However, these also exhibit rapid washout, and so your your uh, calculations from the pre-contrast to the venous to the delayed phase will be consistent with the values defined for an adenoma, despite the fact that the pre-contrast density is higher than 10 Hounsfield units. The formulas that we use, absolute percentage washout, that's the APW, and this incorporates venous, delayed, and pre-contrast densities. The threshold is greater than 60% to identify an adenoma. If you have a study that does not include a pre-contrast acquisition, you can still perform a relative percentage washout just using the venous and delayed acquisitions. The threshold to identify an adenoma with the RPW is 40%. So just a couple cases. Here's a nice example of an adenoma in the left adrenal gland, well-defined low-density round mass that enhances to a mild degree. These are not highly vascular lesions typically. They typically enhance less than 100 Hounsfield units in the venous phase. This was uh, 60 Hounsfield units washed out to negative 41 Hounsfield units. So greater than 50% washout on delayed imaging. This is an adenoma. Here's an example of a lipid-poor adenoma. The pre-contrast density is 22 Hounsfield units, so we cannot say that this is definitively an adenoma, although we suspect that it's a lipid-poor adenoma, it's small and well-defined. When we perform our venous and delayed acquisitions, the APW measured 72% and the RPW 57%. So this is an adenoma, a lipid-poor adenoma. Patient with suspected adrenal pathology, we will um, have, a, have a specific protocol for this perform a pre-contrast scan. If it's an adenoma, then the study's complete. It's important to recognize that if you do a pre-contrast scan and the adrenal glands appear normal, 
Administering IV contrast may elucidate a small adenoma that is not apparent on the non-contrast scan. And sometimes these adenomas are very small. So post-contrast imaging is still important even when the adrenal glands look normal. If you are suspecting adrenal pathology, this is the patient with Cushing syndrome or Kahn syndrome. In a patient with pheochromocytoma, traditionally there were concerns about use of IV contrast resulting in catecholamine release and hypertensive crisis. And years ago, patients were routinely premedicated with alpha-adrenergic blockers. However, more recently, non-ionic contrast has been shown to be safe, and the majority of patients do not receive blockade medication prior to being imaged. There was a retrospective study, a chart review of 25 patients, none of which were premedicated, all with pheochromocytoma, who received non-ionic contrast. Record review showed no cases of clinically apparent adrenergic crisis. So we feel comfortable administering non-ionic contrast. We use isosmolar non-ionic contrast. For pheochromocytoma, we administer water PO. We do arterial and venous phase imaging. And it is important to scan from the diaphragm to the pelvis to identify the rare cases of extra-adrenal pheochromocytoma. These can arise in the retroperitoneum along the aorta, the organ of Zucker handle, and even near the bladder. The patient with suspected pheochromocytoma who has uh, urinary medinephrines elevated, we're going to scan from the diaphragm to the pelvis, and the reason is that there are rarely extra-adrenal pheochromocytomas that arise in the retroperitoneum along the aorta, the organ of Zucker handle, or even near the bladder. For the patient with known adrenal cortical carcinoma, there's a specific protocol. We do not do a pre-contrast scan. However, we do dual-phase post-contrast. IV contrast, we infuse at 3 to 4 mLs per second, 25-second arterial phase, 60-second venous phase. The arterial phase is really essential for preoperative planning, venous phase to evaluate for metastatic disease and involvement of the inferior vena cava. Uh, for this reason, we will use the narrow detectors because we want to perform high-resolution 2D multiplanar reconstructions and 3D rendering to evaluate for particularly for involvement of the inferior vena cava. These are large tumors. However, they can involve the inferior vena cava, and this is optimally evaluated with a coronal multiplanar reconstruction or volume rendering to identify exactly how um, far superiorly into the inferior vena cava the thrombus has extended. Multiplanar imaging really is essential for any adrenal imaging. Here's a case not of a patient with adrenal cortical carcinoma, but on the axial image on the left, it looks as if the patient has an adrenal mass, medial to the right, I'm sorry, medial to the right kidney. And on the coronal reconstruction, we can see that the mass actually is not arising from the adrenal gland. The limb of the adrenal is shown with the arrow. It's normal. The mass is actually contiguous with the renal collecting system. This was a metastasis that did not involve the adrenal gland, but this is very difficult to appreciate on the axial image, and MPRs are excellent for evaluating masses near the adrenal gland or tumors arising from the adrenal gland. Um, I'd like to quickly review the evidence in the literature that supports the criteria that we use for trying to characterize adrenal lesions, and the specific criteria include size, pre-contrast attenuation, level of contrast enhancement, and percentage washout, the APW and RPW that I've already discussed. In terms of size, the American College of Radiology has criteria, they've defined criteria, and 
Um, lesions less than three centimeters are likely to be benign. These are lesions that we may follow, but masses five centimeters and larger should be resected for concern that the, the lesion is malignant. The pre-contrast attenuation we've discussed already in terms of uh, being less than 10 Hounsfield units because adenomas are lipid-rich. They have microscopic lipid, and the non-contrast study can reliably discriminate adenoma from other lesion, specifically metastatic disease is what we're concerned about. The use of 10 Hounsfield units cut off uh, is based on an article by Boland that showed that if you use a two Hounsfield unit cutoff, the sensitivity would be much lower. 10 Hounsfield unit cutoff results in higher sensitivity with still very high specificity. So this seems to be a good threshold for identifying an adenoma. Another example, nice example of an adenoma, well-defined low-density mass in the right adrenal gland measuring zero Hounsfield units. I show this case as an example also of the proper positioning of the region of interest uh, measurement within the adenoma. You'd like it to be located centrally because there's some research showing that measurements as you get towards the periphery are not accurate. So uh, a well-positioned um, ROI cursor is important for getting accurate measurements. The contrast enhancement level has been studied in terms of absolute venous enhancement if this could be used to distinguish an adenoma from a metastasis. However, there, uh, the it is not an accurate way of distinguishing those two lesions, but there is some predictive value in distinguishing an adenoma from a pheochromocytoma, particularly when the washout is high. This is because pheochromocytomas can enhance more than 100 Hounsfield units, while adenomas generally enhance less than 100 Hounsfield units. So if you see a lesion that has a rapid washout, but you notice in the venous phase it's enhanced to 150 Hounsfield units, you should consider pheochromocytoma. Here's a nice example showing an adenoma on the left, mildly enhancing pheochromocytoma on the right with a higher degree of enhancement. Another case of a small pheochromocytoma that on the venous phase enhanced to 217 Hounsfield units. So this is, this is uh, the appearance of a hypervascular pheochromocytoma. Adenomas generally do not enhance to that level. So if it enhances more than 110 to 120 Hounsfield units, think pheochromocytoma. In terms of the washout characteristics, the APW and RPW were defined by a number of papers in the literature. That, uh, that derive these values that we use, the, the cutoff thresholds. Because adenomas wash out more rapidly than metastases, however, the brightly enhancing pheochromocytoma can also exhibit high washout levels. So again, you take into consideration the peak enhancement and the washout in distinguishing an adenoma from a hypervascular pheochromocytoma. Here's a nice example of a pheochromocytoma that enhanced to 164 Hounsfield units and had a high washout value. But that level of enhancement is not typical of an adenoma. One other criteria is whether a lesion is unilateral or bilateral. Although it's not absolute, there are some lesions that are more likely to be bilateral. These include metastases, lymphoma, and infection, granulomatous infection, as well as adrenal hyperplasia. Additionally, hemorrhage can be bilateral. The other lesions are much less common to present with bilateral adrenal involvement. So I'm just going to summarize the take-home points from this first talk. If the size is three to four centimeters, um, 
we will often watch an adrenal lesion with serial imaging greater than five centimeters lesion to be resected pre-contrast density less than 10 Hounsfield units defines an adenoma use of the washout values APW greater than 60% RPW greater than 40% is how we identify an adenoma unless the lesion is brightly enhancing in which case we should think of pheochromocytoma and if there are bilateral adrenal masses, it's more likely to be metastasis, lymphoma, infection, hyperplasia, or hemorrhage. I think I will stop there. When we come back, we're going to review a, a range of adrenal pathology appearance on CT imaging. Thank you very much. <laughs> 